gloomy, mostly Euclidean confines of Castle Gormagon, upon the lofty, wind-blasted heights of the Plateau of Lang, I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. Greetings, folks. Gorty here, uh, welcoming you to another edition of Radio Gormagon. We're going to try something a little bit different this episode. We've individually recorded segments, and I'm going to piece them together as we discuss Halloween, what we've experienced in our own lives growing up, in our neighborhoods, costumes, what's appropriate, and of course, the all-important candy. So stay tuned as I dial in using this space-time continuum machine to dial in each one of the participating Cormagons and get their answers to a set of questions. In the steppes of Russia, we celebrated Halloween two weeks later than you do, where it was called Govnoloshadi, or the Feast of the Filthy Beggars. Uh, You would dress up in your finest furs, grab a whip, and beat the peasants until they gave you everything that they were hiding from you. Actually, those were called uh, Sredami, or, or Wednesdays. But basically, whether a visit from my family was a trick or a treat very much depended on which side of my father's whip you were on. Russian candy to this day tends to be horrible, so the townsfolk would generally give out small amounts of acorns and pine needles, small fish, chicken feathers, astrolabes, and jackdaws, which they would uh, put into ornate little terracotta pots that they spent all month making and decorating, uh, which my brothers and I would eagerly grab off their doorsteps and hold them high over our heads and smash them to pieces to teach those bastards not to screw with us. That's probably the true origin of smashing carved pumpkins so that ordinary folk like you can learn that uh, experience is often the only reward for hard work. Halloween was definitely uh, a little more relaxed and neighborhood if you will, for me growing up. We lived in a neighborhood that had a fair amount of kids my age and fairly safe and walkable streets. Uh, so when I was young, my father would walk us around door to door. He would stay down at the street. and My brother and I would, in costume, go up and do the regular door approach. And that generally evolved. Eventually, we were able to go out on our own, and there would be several streets we would go to in order to try to maximize our candy haul. And then we would return to the house and dump the candy out for inspection by Gorty Sr. and Mom Gorty, making sure there weren't any apples with razor blades, open candy, things like that. And of course, they would take a candy tax for doing said safety inspection. And then my brother and I would proceed to eat a little bit, but we were generally a a pretty paced uh, environment where we're uh, told to kind of uh, ration it out over the next couple weeks into months, depending on how big the candy hall was. Not many of the houses did decorations. Most did a pumpkin, jack-o'-lantern, if you will. Uh, But there weren't fancy decorations, lights, sound effects, you know, the whole haunted mansion kind of effect. That seems to be more, at least in my neighborhood, more of a uh, recent phenomena uh, in the last maybe 10 to 20 years. What was Halloween like when I was a kid? Well, you'd think as an immortal necromancer who lives in a haunted castle that I would have lots of fantastic Halloween stories. Did I say haunted castle? Excuse me, 
hauntingly beautiful castle. Our castle is not haunted. You won't see any ghosts. Please come anytime you want. Uh, we've got fabulous rates for couples. Haunted, not. Not haunted. Anyway, Halloween as a kid. It was fun. Mostly an opportunity to run around the neighborhood with uh, my siblings and friends. But nothing particular that stands out in terms of life-changing events or uh, even making it a particularly favorite holiday one way or the other. I don't remember any particularly great costumes I wore. Uh, one year I was a Jawa from Star Wars. I don't know why I wanted to be a Jawa. I guess I figured maybe I was about the same height as they were. Uh, so got a brown robe and uh, made a black mask for my face by basically black markering a shirt box or something like that and making a strap for it and uh, poking a couple little double uh, A cell battery flashlights through it to try and make Jawa eyes. I don't know how successful it was as a costume, but I thought it was pretty cool. Otherwise, mostly when I was little, I rem all I remember is the terrible 1970s costumes uh, that you get that were made of these, you know, hideously uh, thin plastic that would start disintegrating almost before you had it out of the box. And the masks were made of these rigid, but ex again, extremely thin, cheap plastic that the edge was sharp uh, and the little metal, not aglets, but the little metal holders on the inside of them would almost be pulling through the plastic uh, under the force of the incredibly uh, powerful hair-thin rubber band that went around your head. Um, 70s were awful, kids. That's the lesson here. Don't believe anyone who tells you otherwise. Things were pretty terrible all around. Anyway, um, Halloween was fun, but nothing really special for me. Odd as that may seem. Dr. J has fond memories of Halloween as a child. The J ancestral home was in a development in a town in South Jersey, and trick-or-treating would begin at about 5 o'clock and end at about 8.30. The goal was the traveling salesman problem, which was to hit all of the houses in the entire neighborhood in three hours. That dream was never realized, uh, but we worked very hard to achieve it and came close a few times in high school. The other proud South Jersey tradition was a thing called Mischief Night, which occurred on October 30th. On Mischief Night, we would go ring doorbells and run away, soap car windows, maybe put shaving cream on car windows. But in Camden, New Jersey, which was a uh, city a few, few towns over, people would set fires. And they were in competition with Detroit, which calls the night Devil's Night, uh, for which city could have more fires in a single night. Uh, one night when I was in college, my father called me up and uh, informed me that Camden won with 109 fires. Papa Jay always did have a dark sense of humor, but it was pretty serious business. Decorating at the dacha is a matter of long disagreement between the Tsaritsa and, and the Tsar. Uh, she would turn the home into a haunted house if she could, and not just on Halloween. Her plans for what she would want to do for Christmas, for example, would, would impress Disney's Imagineers. Uh, I, on the other hand, do not like decorations on any holiday. Uh, never put anything up if it were up to me. So we compromise. She puts up a few decorations in the front, 
of the house close to Halloween and then takes them down promptly on November 1st. And uh, I can cope with that. I do enjoy this one decoration. It's a wooden box. And when you walk up to it, this light turns on and this skeletal figure pops out and screams. But that's up all year round unless the guy dies and I have to put another surf into it. Let me try answering number two again. <clears throat> Lady J got into my ice cream. So Mrs. Dr. J does a beautiful job decorating our house for fall. She has autumnal tablescapes, uh, jack-o'-lantern themed lanterns and candles, uh, number of Halloween decorations that we've accumulated over the years. Our house isn't kitschy or overdone like a haunted house, but you can tell it's fall and you can tell it's Halloween by the decorations that Mrs. Dr. J has purchased and laid out that she's accumulated over the years. Uh, finding cute little shops in towns where she's had business trips. The Gorty household decorates rather uh, basically. Uh, put up a few spiderwebby kind of decorations, do a jack-o'-lantern. We have one of those animated skeletons that kind of makes haunting noises uh, when kids approach. And uh, other than that, we really don't do a lot of decorations for the, for the house. Others in the neighborhood can get quite elaborate. We used to have a street about three blocks away with what we called the Dragon House. And these people actually constructed large paper mache-ish dragons. The rumor was that they were somehow involved in movie or stage special effects, uh, lighting, etc. And they would do huge decorations and invite neighbors to kind of walk through the house, parts of the house and, and the yard where they had two to three dragons, one of which was was rather large and almost house-sized and be coming out from part of the house. It was quite impressive. Another street uh, up the neighborhood, all of the houses go way into decorating, uh, and it, they close off the street on Halloween, and it's a thing to go up there and go through some of the houses that are made up into haunted house-like events. How do we decorate and to what degree? Well... We don't decorate much. We carve pumpkins. Uh, Mrs. Volge is a craftier person than your ecumenical Volge is. Uh, so she will frequently, uh, along with the kids and before the kids, even occasionally by herself, uh, do some of the ornate pumpkin carving that sort of come into vogue in the last maybe, what, 10 years? Uh, where you have a pattern and you punch a series of uh, holes in it and then cut it with a knife and push out pieces in a sequence and you end up with this elaborate lattice that when backlit gives you a, a, a really neat little glowing picture. So we've done many of those um, from you know haunted house scenes to honestly the face of uh, Strongbad from Homestar Runner who's one of uh, our favorite characters. Anyway, um... That's about all we do. Uh, we have an old house in an old neighborhood with lots of trees, so we have plenty of uh, good fall crinkly leaves on the ground. It's usually pretty cool um, temperature-wise. And uh, so we don't really feel a need to do a lot of decoration. 
As far as what treats we give out, we're pretty traditional. We give out a variety of different candies, uh, one per kid, unless we know you, then, then you, I tend to give out a fistful of everything. We have ebb and flow uh, years where, you know, we burn through bags of candy in an hour, or some years we just get maybe five callers all night. So generally the candy has to be something I like to eat because I wind up eating most of it on the next day or if, uh, that night, in fact, if traffic is really slow. What treats do we give out? Now, here we come to a point of pride uh, that Confucius, your ecumenical vulgi, takes at Halloween. I always give out full-size candy bars. I make a point to go buy giant boxes of full-size candy bars at one of the big box discount club warehouse stores and uh, give them out because they make people happy. Kids get super excited when they get like a big piece of candy and honestly the adults who are accompanying even some of the small kids get really excited when you give them a big piece of candy. So I do that um, and sometimes over objections of various parties but I do that because I like it and it's fun. So uh, if I can make people happy on Halloween, why would I not? Initially, Gorty and Mrs. Gorty would hand out fun-sized chocolate-based candies. One, because much like the czar, any leftovers we were happy to, to consume. About 15 years ago, we moved into the house we're currently in, and a number of months before we moved in, we knew we were moving into the neighborhood. And so we drove our three children over to kind of experience what Halloween would be like. It was in a neighborhood with many more kids than our current one at the time, where uh, it was isolated because of a busy road near us, and trick-or-treating was, was definitely limited. At, in the new neighborhood, uh, we crested the hill as we drove over, and the headlights kind of came down on this wave of kids. It had to be in the tens, um, you know, upwards of 20 or 30 kids walking down the street, going house to house in large groups. We joined in. The kids loved it. So as we settled into our house, uh, at some point before the next Halloween, neighbors informed us that... This particular area of the neighborhood was known to give out big bar candy. And initially, we kind of were hesitant to do so. But, you know, when we looked at the prices of such at Costco and uh, kind of did the math, it starts to kind of work itself out when you think about it with a fun size candy. You might give out two pieces or three pieces as you pace through one of those little fun bags. Uh, if you're really uh, concerned about it and you give out one, obviously the money doesn't work. But uh, as you scale up, the big bars definitely are, are an option. You just have to be very rigorous about only allowing one uh, and buy them clearly in bulk uh, to get the best price. The first year, we handed out 180 big bars uh, and then had to turn out the lights at 8 p.m. Uh, the second year, we were up somewhere in the low 200s uh, for big bars. We did that for maybe five years, and then some of the other big bar houses started to edge off of doing that. We edged off and uh, we've resorted back to kind of the fun size candy, giving out one or two pieces to a kid, uh, you know, more so if you've done a great job with the costume or if it's one of our kids' friends in the neighborhood. Now, what do we give out for Halloween? At J Abbey, we do not give out the big chocolate bars. There are other neighborhoods that are big trick-or-treating neighborhoods where they do give out the big candy bars. Um, my daughter goes to one such neighborhood every year called Nickel Lane, 
which is where she and all of her friends go. And uh, a little med student um, will go somewhere different every year, depending on where his friends are going. But what we give out is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Kit Kats, Snickers bars, and we have a scrap metal pumpkin golem, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, that Mrs. Dr. J picked up in some small town with all the other Halloween decorations. Uh, handcrafted, welded together from various pieces of scrap metal, and it's quite beautiful. And it ha it holds a bowl, and in the bowl is where we put the trick-or-treat candy. Uh, and the reason is, is because we go out trick-or-treating, and we have this bowl outside our front door where people will come and take a treat, and hopefully not too many treats. But since we're not home, we really don't care. And we don't get a lot of traffic in our neighborhood anyway. What odd or unusual treats have I heard about? Not all that many, to be honest. Usually it's the creepy health food stuff. The granola and the homemade trail mix and, you know, various stuff like that. That, you know, was kind of the bottom of the barrel stuff you never end up eating uh, that you get but i can't say i've heard of any you know really ludicrous or bizarre things you know other than the mythical razor blades and the apples that sort of thing anyway sorry i've led a sheltered life now the most unusual treats that we've heard about uh on richland avenue which is another big trick-or-treat haunt uh one that we typically go with the little med student too, because he has a number of friends who live on that street. And it's in our neighborhood of our previous house. But one family would do themed gifts based on their decorations. The Richland Avenue families would go completely overboard and basically make haunted yards. Um, but one family did a crashed airplane theme and they gave out peanuts and pretzels from Southwest Airlines. I'm serious. Somehow they got Southwest Airlines to give them probably a couple hundred bags of pretzels in order for them to be able to give them out as trick-or-treating gifts that year. Um, they were dressed as zombie pilots and zombie stewardesses. It was quite fun. There's an older lady about a quarter mile from here who gives out $2 bills every year. She has a terrible memory, so a lot of the neighborhood kids go back to her house about five times a night, which pissed my boys off to no end. You know, last year, the uh, Tsadevich was 11 years old, and he physically threatened a couple of guys that he knew for announcing that they were going to do just that. Uh, they didn't, of course, and he made sure of it, but... I always felt that if I were that elderly woman and I were giving out $2 bills to kids on the honesty system, I would want to be taught a damn good lesson. As far as odd treats that I've heard given out, in our neighborhood we have a family who is from Canada, uh, Nova Scotia area actually, and they give out chips. 
you know, popcorn, but always bagged and sealed, uh, commercially bought, bagged and sealed. Our kids were a bit thrown off by it. Uh, didn't know what to expect, but apparently that's a thing up in Canada, or at least parts of it, maybe just in Nova Scotia, I don't know. But other than that, we really haven't experienced anything too random or weird being handed out. Now, the kids keep it simple. When they were younger, they would dress up as superheroes or princesses or such, but as they've gotten older, the little resident and her friends would wear themed pajama onesies, whether they were animals or they were um, superheroes or just they would just wear onesie pajamas and put their hairs in pigtails and pretend to be babies. Uh, the little med student used to dress up as a superhero every year, but as he's gotten older, throwing on a football jersey and some sweatpants, he would call himself a football player and it just made life easy for him. The kids are not as much interested in the costumes as they are in the racking up the loot. So costumes that allow them to get around is much more fun for them. My boys are uh, too old now for costumes, I think. The Tessadavich is a high school freshman, and he hasn't gone out for years. He generally shows up to parties with his pals on that night. Now, last year, the Tessadavich announced that he was done with costumes and Halloween up until his pals decided that they were going. So he cobbled together a last-minute costume. I, I, uh, I think he went as a pillowcase, which is when he got into that squabble about ripping off the old lady down the road. He hasn't said boo about trick-or-treating this year, so it's possible but not certain that he's skipping it now that he's 12. It's been a number of years since the Gorty offspring have dressed up for Halloween uh, to go trick-or-treating. They've dressed up to go to Halloween parties, and it's usually a pop culture icon uh, of some sort. Three of Three is probably the most into it. He enjoys dressing up as various characters, usually like a Jack Sparrow or a character from uh, one of his favorite movies uh, at the time. When he was younger, it was actually humorous. He would come home from school in early September with a grand plan on what he was going to be for Halloween. We quickly learned that that would evolve two or three times at a minimum between then and the actual execution on Halloween itself. Mrs. Gorty actually made a, a really awesome costume where my son and his friend dressed up as Slurpees. So it's a big hoop kind of outfit that you wear around your shoulders and it drops down and it looks like a Slurpee cup complete with foam kind of material at the top to make it look like the Slurpee material that's dyed different colors for different Slurpees. What do my kids wear as costumes? That's a better question. My kids have had some pretty cool costumes um, for which I mostly credit them uh, rather than me. I've occasionally helped a little bit with the execution, but uh, they've done some group costumes. One year they all went as pirates and uh, they were little enough that we always took a wagon around the neighborhood when they were little. So the, whoever was the youngest at the time would generally ride in the wagon and even far back enough that my oldest rode in the wagon when he was a tiny little guy. Um, because you know the little legs get tired, uh, they can run up and down a lot of uh, front walks, but the sidewalk you have to cover in this neighborhood is pretty crazy. So we had them all as pirates, and we cut out uh, a cardboard sheets in the shape of a pirate ship and put them on the sides of the wagon. So. 
that we would be cruising around. We had our little pirate ship and our little pirate crew. It was, it was, it was cute. The most interesting costume one year when my daughter was maybe five or so, she put together her own costume, which consisted of a Lego Viking tunic that we had around the house, uh, a pair of fairy wings, and a giant plastic warhammer that was about the size of that she was. And I asked her what she was. She said, I'm a Viking fairy. All right, fair enough. She looked like a baby Valkyrie to me, but, you know, Viking fairy works definitionally as well. So uh, my middle son's most impressive costume one year was probably the Egyptian god of the dead, Anubis. When he put together sort of a sort of standard Egyptian kind of bodysuit from a a pre-made costume thing, uh, black gloves and a mask of the jackal-headed god of the dead that he had found in a book of make-your-own-Egyptian-masks. So, uh, with the help of Mrs. Volge, who again is crafty, they were able to put this paper mask together. Uh, and the only thing I really added uh, was a wa scepter, which was um, which is the thing you see Egyptian gods carrying, where it's a stick with sort of a animal head on the top of it. Um, sort of looks like a, somewhere between a donkey and a dog or something like that. And so I went out and bought a stick and a chunk of cardboard, excuse me, a chunk of styrofoam at Walmart and some gold spray paint. And so I went and I, you know, carved the chunk of styrofoam into the right shape and sprayed the gold spray paint on it only to watch the... Uh, cardboard dissolve under the spray paint. So that was a little lesson in chemistry learned that apparently they didn't teach us in AP chemistry. So I duct taped uh, the next thing I carved and then spray painted that and it worked just fine. And I uh, drew on my son's name and some other Egyptian formulae and hieroglyphics and so forth and made this little separate form. So that that was cool. But really the bulk of the awesome costume was stuff he had put together himself. Another year he was a ring wraith, which was impressive looking. Again, putting together a sort of, you know, faceless ghost kind of cloak and a, uh, from a store and black gloves and a giant two-handed sword we had floating around. Uh, it was strange, we have a lot of plastic weapons floating around our house. I don't know how that comes about. Anyway, uh, my oldest one year was a Roman centurion. It was a very cool costume. Uh, a couple of the elements were store-bought, like a kilt and a helmet and so forth, but the neatest sort of piece de resistance was this shield he made in order to look like a real Roman shield. He built sort of a frame out of cardboard and then had red poster board wrapped around it which he had colored um, a design on it. I think he'd actually copied it off of a Playmobil Roman Centurion's shield. Um, but he copied it full size and then painted it um, you know, sort of a steel gray on the uh, red so it looked sort of like a you know, enameled red shield or something like that. It was a, it was a neat costume, um, and he had a little, you know, toy gladius, which again, I don't know if it was relying around the house or not. But those are the kind of things my kids wear as costumes. They're pretty neat kids. How old is too old? Uh, that's a good question. I definitely think that if you're dressed as a bat at age 70 and you ring my doorbell, you're going to get what's coming to you. But I've not seen too much abuse of this, and I think it's because the high school juniors and seniors are just way too busy 
and the, uh, you know, the college kids are off at school. So really the oldest I ever see, and I'm the guy who mans the dacha door. I'm, you know, I'm the, the ver man. Uh, generally the oldest I see is maybe one embarrassed high school sophomore doing it, you know, because they've got a younger sibling with them. But yeah, that's about it. How old is too old to trick or treat? Well, I don't know. I would say probably high school. I think middle schoolers or junior high schoolers, whatever they're calling themselves these days, uh, can bring a lot of energy and uh, actual ability to costume making cleverness if they want to. I do remember a couple years being at probably trick-or-treating years later than I should have into high school. One year a friend of mine took a bundle of road flares and duct taped them together so they looked like a thing of dynamite and made a fake fuse on it and uh, said his costume was he was an insurance salesman. Uh, you wouldn't want anything to happen to your house, would you? That sort of insurance. Anyway, another year, which also would have been in high school, same friend and a third friend and I ran around in lab coats. We had a big um, steel cylinder that probably had had pressurized carbon dioxide from a soda machine or something in it but we had labeled it as uh, radioactive waste and we had some glow sticks inside of it and I don't, we don't think we were able to get a hold of dry ice that was sort of our next plan is to have it actually kind of glowing and smoking but it didn't work but anyway um you know so i don't know i guess if i uh if i go from my own experience perhaps even into high school you could trick or treat but honestly when you get to the point that you're intimidating the old ladies who answer the door Probably not such a great idea. How old is too old to trick-or-treat? I would tend to agree with the czar. Somewhere around freshman year in high school is definitely the cutoff for, for our household. And that was done kind of of their own accord. They just grow tired of it. I think they think that it is too young of a crowd for them to be seen going out. So there's somewhat of a peer pressure issue probably going on. And they move into more socializing and partying, hopefully safe. We do get a large crowd of high school age kids up at our local school, parochial school. Our pastor turns on the field lights to make sure everyone's being safe and good. Periodically, the cops roll through to make sure there's no illegal behavior going on. But usually, it's a pretty safe environment for the kids to go up and just socialize and hang out with others uh, rather than you know trick-or-treat through the neighborhood. Periodically, we do get some older kids by the door. We tend to know them, given the neighborhood and its makeup, uh, being largely kids in and around our kids' age. And they get a hard time from us for dressing up or trying to throw something together into a very lame costume. Sometimes we'll throw them a bone and give them a piece of candy. Usually we don't turn anyone away. Now that brings us to the question of how old is too old to trick-or-treat? Dr. J believes that you are never too old to trick-or-treat unless you're a man and you're all by yourself, in which case over the age of 18 is too old to trick-or-treat. But with that exception, I really don't think there should be an age. When I was in college, uh, I worked for the women's basketball team and we had uh, practice starting over fall break. And one year, fall break overlapped with Halloween. So that year, the uh, team all cut holes in the bottoms of large leaf trash bags that were green, taped a big white masking tape M on them, and the whole team went as green M&Ms. 
So you had 18 to 22-year-old young women trick-or-treating uh, in a Tony Ivy League town. And I don't think anyone questioned that they were too old to be trick-or-treating. I think people were happy to see them out trick-or-treating rather than going getting all boozy. So I would never question anybody coming to our door of <clears throat> a reasonable age in a group trick-or-treating. Have I ever turned anyone away? No. Uh, we have a very civilized neighborhood, knock on wood, uh, and we get a lot of people, a lot of families. The city has defined trick-or-treating hours, and you can simply turn off your porch light if you wish to not be bothered. But no, I've never had to turn anybody away. We occasionally had some kids who were kind of old with the sort of half-assed attempts at costumes where, you know, it's like, oh, I'm kid in dirty shirt or kid with bandana on head or, you know, some dumb thing like that. But we've never turned anybody away. We get huge crowds uh, at Halloween, relatively speaking, um, compared to where I grew up at any rate. Most years we will get at least 100. I don't know if we've ever had fewer than 80 or 90, and some years it's 120, 140, and we generally are, you know, giving away the big candy bars so that we have a pretty accurate way of uh, keeping track of how many we get. So it's a it's a bit of a production, but it's fun, and uh, it's a pleasure to see, you know, neat costumes when they, when they show up, and also, you know, to see cute little kids being cute little kids. Now, to answer the last question, have we ever turned away anybody? Dr. and Mrs. Dr. J have never turned away a trick-or-treater, but probably most of the time that we've been married, we've been out trick-or-treating with the children. So we had our pumpkin golem giving out the treats for us. And because our pumpkin golem's inanimate, he did not turn away anybody either including the thief who probably took 75% of the candy on the first time around hitting our house. Which is okay, because we get three or four trick-or-treaters at our house anyway. Uh, I've been manning the door for decades. And I've never turned anyone away who trick-or-treated. I've never even had a situation so far where I even thought twice about it. We get so few kids some years, and they're almost always really little kids, and the remainder are, are typically age-appropriate. Oh, shut up, Sleestack. Lady J got into my ice cream. <laughs>